Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Definitely appreciate that. Um, it has been a busy week here on the podcast. This is the third of three episodes this week, and this one will be just focusing on training camp, getting us ready as the Commanders report to camp on Tuesday with the first day of practice the following day. Uh, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch joined me to discuss just that. What are we looking for? What's on our mind? What do we think we need to see? Who's going to step up? Um, all those types of things that you want to hear about. We, we, we talked for a bit, and I'm excited for everyone to hear that conversation. Uh, if you missed it this week, also spoke about the commanders and the idea of loyalty for sports up for sale with the Washington Post's Jerry Brewer. In addition, did a fantasy football preview with Jake Seeley from The Athletic and also just talked broadly about the commanders from Dalton Ross from Entertainment Weekly, who played the role essentially as a fan of the team uh, and to bring that perspective to the conversation as well. So make sure you check all that out. I mean, I know it's the summertime and you're, you're, you're at whatever you're doing, laying on the beach, uh, hanging out with the fam, whatever you're doing. If you find time to listen to the podcast, amazing, appreciate it. Um, but it's there for you when you are ready to listen. Um, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Also, make sure to check out what I've got up on The Athletic. This week, I had 10 players who kind of need to maybe not step up in training camp, but 10 players we're going to keep an eye on in camp, um, including Carson Wentz, some of the rookies, linemen, and others. You can check that out on the site and of course you can always hit me up on twitter at ben standig or email me bstandig at theathletic.com and if you want to follow michael on twitter he is at michael p r t d um at this point i mean nothing really much is different on the washington commander's front i believe on or off the field as i'm talking to you right now so that's a, a good thing we'll obviously uh, find out in a couple of days which players will start camp on the pup list. Um, if there's any other injuries or notes of concern, I, I I still am somewhat surprised that they have not added uh, any other veteran types to camp uh, to, to the roster, particularly on defense. But we've talked about that before. Um, clearly, they want to, at this stage. I would imagine want to see what their younger guys can do, or they feel that they have time if needed uh, with the season still, you know, several weeks away. September 11th against Jacksonville but there's always time and if they do add anybody of, of any kind of note we will discuss that right here on the podcast um, let's just get to it here is my conversation with Michael Phillips breaking down training camp here on the standing room only podcast all right joining me here as promised is one of our returning champions to the podcast he is of course Michael Phillips with the Richmond Times Dispatch as we are talking just a few days before we all reconvene in Ashburn, we will not unfortunately be in Michael's neck of the woods for for training camp. I, I'm 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 a bum, I'm legit bummed about that just to get away from it all. Well, where are you at on this though? Because it's unique for you, Michael. You are this is a road game for you for you. So for you, this is getting away. Whereas for the rest of us, it's sort of like eh, we're kind of stuck at home. No, I'm I'm legit bummed. Uh, I always appreciated uh, having you guys down here for a few weeks and. Uh, uh, having a little home court advantage because I, I don't have much of that during the season. So, uh, yeah, big, big, big fat negative for me. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's 
is the way of the world um, that the teams are doing training camp at their home facilities now. I, I feel bad for the fans. The fans certainly get, get the raw end of that stick. But, uh, you know, if, if every team's doing it, I get what Ron Rivera is saying. I, you know, I, I got to take my advantage too. So, and, and you know what? I, among the doom and gloom here, I do really enjoy training camp. I really enjoy getting to watch the practices every day. And I, I know you learn a lot. I learn a lot. Um, I think we learn a lot watching these guys come to work every day and seeing what they do for that extended period of time. It is good to watch the the practices. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I'm always a believer. I've talked about this before the idea of getting away from your home environment and going to, you know, bonding with your teammates in these other places. I mean, I think that's true for anybody, you know, that's why road trips are so fun when you're younger, you know, when you first get away, you, 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 you road trip to Daytona or whatever you do, because being sort of thrust together in that way is unique. And for these guys, I think there's something to be said for that as well. But I mean, look, if you're only going to Richmond for a week, like they did last year, that's not really much of a deal. So they had to make a call. Um, It is interesting though, that it's such a league wide phenomenon. I know you wrote, I I saw you tweet the other day, that was something like 81% of the teams um, are doing the the home ones. And obviously there's a money situation. I mean, that's gotta be huge driving factor uh and maybe this is sort of one of those negative things that happened in the COVID era where people had to restrict their their, their travel because you couldn't go anywhere and then once they did it for a couple of years like eh, might as well just stay here I think that's as good a guess as any is just you know the momentum is just going to carry this thing going forward I I agree with your upsides of of you know being away and, and team bonding and all that and you know it, it's it feels like the training camp bonding has almost been replaced by the everybody gathered to work out in Florida bonding uh, that we, we've seen a lot of over the past few years. Uh, ben, my invitation got lost in the mail uh, to, uh, to to Camp Wentz in California. I, I don't know if you were out there on the beach or not, but, uh, you know, we, we missed that one. Well, ironically, I was there. Not, not where they were. <laughs> I was in Los Angeles on the beaches area when this came out because I – that's where I was when Terry McLaurin gave his press conference. And um, – I was on vacation. I, I took Twitter off my phone. I did the best I could to separate. But then I was like, all right, if they're, if they're literally near me, I mean, granted, it's not like, it's not like, uh, you know, Southern California is a little big of an area. So I was like, it didn't exactly where they were, but I, I put in the effort for a few minutes, like, okay, are they around here somewhere? But then, you know, that, that, that just, I, I, that didn't work out quickly. And then I just moved on and kept, kept vacationing. Um, my, my defining highlight of Super Bowl week down there was J.P. Finley texted me and said, hey, come hang out with us tonight. Uh, you know, where are you? I, yeah, I was at the Super Bowl media center. He's, ah, you know, we're, wherever it was. It was in Orange County, I think. And says, so like, yeah, I'll come over. I'll hang out. Um, and two hours and 15 minutes later, I, I, I arrived there. That's, that is Southern California. Dude, you're, you're not kidding. I was like looking at the, like I drove up and I, I rented a car, I drove up and down the coast, things like that. But you look at certain places, you're like, okay, I'll go there. You're like, oh my lord, that's like driving from here to fill, from DC to Philadelphia. No, I'm not doing yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be burning the tires on 95 this week. Uh, you know, you, you hear the squealing going into the off day. You'll know it's me going back to Richmond. But uh, I, I don't know. I. 95 uh, that may rank slightly ahead of the 101 we'll, we'll have to i mean those those are probably two of the bottom five in america um you know I, it, it's not a competition you want to be in but i i think it's i'm saying it's competition yeah no 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 doubt about that it's uh 
what wacky stuff. All right. Well, so you'll be up here with us for a while and we'll be at camp for most of the next, you know, three weeks or so. And then of course that's probably honestly the real bummer of it all is we already are going to be in Ashburn from, you know, September all the way through to the end of the year. So to have to tack on another month, basically of being in the same exact place, it's just like, I just want a different be somewhere else, you know, that, that, that's like sort of the basic bummer. Uh, my least favorite week content wise is the week before the opener. So you have training camp and I've always thought there's lots of juice and excitement at training camp. I love catching up with everybody, seeing what they've been up to watching the practices. And then they go into that game week mode and normally like, you know, we work hard to pack everything into a game week. You know, you think about Sunday being the game and then there's a lot to say about the game really into Monday and Tuesday and then Wednesday you're turning the corner and there's a lot to say about the the game that's coming up that week. Um, you know, I, I never feel lacking for stories, you know, aside from, you know, we, we can revisit some it's like 2013, some of those seasons. In, in a normal season, though, you're not lacking for material in that seven-day game week. But we, we're already talking about the Jags. We're already talking about the season. We're already talking about the players. And so when they go into that game week out of training camp, you have cut day. Cut day is a little less exciting now that the practice squad's bigger. You know, it, there aren't as many big moments on cut day anymore. And then you go into that first game week where, you know, it's not a it's not a charged up game week because you feel like you said everything you have to say. You're just waiting for football to happen at that point. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt. You know, sort of to the line of what what, what you're saying a little bit about sort of this a little lull in the action at that point. Uh, I want to go back to the to the off season program, the OTAs and the mini camp, and I've thought about this a lot over the last few weeks. I, I feel like. Like, so for as a minor example, uh, do you know who Justin Hamilton is? This is, this is not a gotcha question, but I'm just sort of curious. Do you know who Justin Hamilton is? I will confess that I do not. Okay, so totally reasonable. Now, Justin Hamilton, he's a player on the roster. He was signed at some point. And, the re- and it's not like one of these guys where, like, he was, like, an undrafted free agent out of college in 2018 and he's bounced around. He actually played for the Cowboys last year. Like, he played, like, you know, reserve role. At some okay. point, they they signed him. And I'm only bringing this up because I don't know at what point it happened. And I sort of missed it when it happened in real time. Like I I probably tweeted out the transaction, but didn't pay attention. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I feel that like when we were watching minicamp and OTAs, this is to your point of being excited to actually watch practices. I feel like there was, I think collectively, I feel like we were all very distracted during those weeks for everything that was happening off the field. Obviously there's all the Dan Snyder stuff and constantly while we're there, or, you know, the uh, statements are flying around, they're, they're, the Congress is getting involved, what have you. And then there's a Terry McLaurin contract situation, and then a couple other kerfuffles. And it felt like what was happening on the field was just incredibly secondary to what was happening off the field. And at least I'll speak for me, but I I, I, I don't think, I, I suspect I'm cr- probably accurate for most of us, that it just felt like that was sort of this, we we were there to babysit to a degree, but it wasn't watching it as intently i was barely tweeting anything out it just didn't seem to be almost that important i'm hoping the training camp will be different mclaurin's done and the season's getting close but i looking back on it, i just kind of felt that's how it was for me and that is kind of why i'm excited to get to training camp to actually focus and watch the football stuff yeah i'll riff on that with a handful of observations i guess so so you know there was a, there was a lack of juice at otas because one you didn't have chase young working 
Two, you didn't have Terry McLaurin working. Even to an extent, you didn't have Logan Thomas working. He's still a name. People know who he is. Um, oh, we also know, had Del Rio, by the way. I didn't mention that. Goodness, goodness. Uh, yes, yes, we did. We did. We did have that. Um, I think that from a Carson Wentz perspective, and I've got, you know, we'll focus in on these things, but but offensive side of the ball, I think everybody's most excited about Carson Wentz. What will Carson Wentz do? How can he elevate this team? And I don't, like, I don't want to throw cold water on this whole thing before we even start. I don't think we're going to learn much about Carson Wentz during training camp relative to the questions we have about him. Carson Wentz is a really good NFL quarterback. Like if, if you don't accept that at this point, we're just we're just not having a conversation. We're on different levels. Carson Wentz, when he plays well, is absolutely a wonderful NFL quarterback to have on your team. So you, so you start with that. Of course he was good during OTs. Of course he's good during training camp. He is good. Like he, he looked way better than Taylor Heineke ever looked. He, he threw the ball where it needed to be, launched some rockets. <clears throat> That's who Carson Wentz is. That's why they signed him. You got two questions about Carson Wentz in my mind. Uh, one is, is he durable enough to last the whole season? I think that's a very legitimate question to ask given his history, given the history of quarterbacks on this team and guys that play at FedEx Field more than, more than a few times a year. Um, we won't get an answer to that during training camp. It is possible he gets hurt during training camp and answers that question. I don't, that feels like a reach because they don't allow anybody to touch the quarterback. Um, I think we'll, you know, we'll have a healthy Carson Wentz week one and, and we'll still be saying, all right, do we get this 17 times? Do we get this 11 times? What's the deal here? My second thought is, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's really all about Jamin Davis and these linebackers. I think we know the defensive line's good. Obviously, they underachieved last year. Um, you know, I, I think we're betting they put it back together, though. I think the cornerbacks are fine with major depth issues, but you look at that linebacking core, Cole Holcomb, Jamin Davis, you know, there are big question marks there, and that is a very tough position to evaluate in non-contact drills. I would say almost an impossible position to evaluate non-contact drills if you're not a coach, if you don't know what they're being asked to do and you're not watching their instincts and watching them do it. Uh, so, you know, Add in the off-the-field off stuff that was absolutely taking up all the oxygen in the room. And, and I'll, I'll latch on to that by saying I, I, I'm workshopping this. You know, you get this workshop here in the standing room. I think I'm not committing to this yet. I might commit to this in print next week. I think this is the most important season in terms of on-the-field results for these guys in a really long time. And I think that's because of all the other stuff. So, I don't think Dan, while he's on the hot seat and while you know while he's on the yacht and all this is going on, I don't think he can fire Ron after this year. I mean, I think it would just have to be a total disaster of a three and fourteen season for for him to be able to fire Ron. Um, I think Ron's safe. Um, but if they turn in a six win season, man, the fan base is just going to tune out, and you're just you know you're, you're further down down the hole and, and further in the hole. Um, if they win. I think a stadium deal materializes. I think people have short attention spans. I think if these guys are in the playoffs, if Carson Wentz is dealing, if this is a 10-11 win team that, that's playing a playoff game, I think a stadium deal materializes. I, I, I think that the on-the-field is really being counted on here to lift the off-the-field. And to, to the extent that they can, I think they can. I, I think a winning season would go a long way towards flipping the narrative and, and getting people to forget about everything else going on. And I think a losing season would just shine a magnifying glass on, on all of it and, and make next season 
potentially next offseason, potentially even more unbearable than this one. That's 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 my thought. I'm workshopping that. I want to hear your opinions, though. By the way, I, I was out in um, in L.A. for a break, and I went and saw a show. Uh, Sarah, it was uh, Sarah Silverman and Friends, and sure. it was like her and three other comedians. And you know they always talk about I've like – I've heard of her, by the way. I've, I haven't heard of some of the guys on the roster, but I've heard of her, so we'll go with that. <laughs> um, so uh, Sarah Silverman uh, – so you know you hear about like some comedians will – bring out their like they'll, they'll try out material at these sort of smaller places to then go on the road like sarah silverman and other comedians they would they brought out like the legal the yellow legal notepad and like had it there and just like were constantly referencing it it was weird to to see that i had never so i'm just thinking to your point of workshopping i never i'd never been to a show where they're literally workshopping it to that extent while talking to us it was kind of interesting um and, and now, and now you're hosting a workshopping session live in the standing room. Man, life life comes at you fast, dude. I, 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 I there are some people who do like radio or, or podcasts. You script that everything. I don't. I, I workshop it, it live the whole time. I really have. I, 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 <laughs> I typically get a couple things I want to hit on, but other than that, it just kind of kind of free flows and we figure it out. Um, to, to your point, I mean, just to touch on the stadium when when some of those politicians were saying they don't know if the, this team will ever be like a winner again and all this stuff, I was like, that is so short sighted to even cite wins and losses in a, in a sport where we constantly see teams go from worst to first. I mean, look at the, what the Bengals just did. You know, that that to me was nuts. So I'm kind of with you on that. Maybe it isn't necessarily one, w- within one season of winning, but I'm with you. If you have a good year, it it, it can't people feel better about the situation and and all that. Um. There's definitely a ton of pressure on Ron Rivera. Like if we, in terms of like the importance of winning this season, I'm with you. I don't think, I I wouldn't be too worried about him getting fired for a variety of reasons, but um, you know, we have, he's kind of gotten a little bit of a pass these first two years. I, I know that may not seem that way sometimes with the way we talk about his choices and what's happening, but you know, the first year is the first year. So you're automatically going to get a pass and then COVID hit. So it's like, oh, you know, it was all, it was a strange new world for all of us. And then they actually rallied late to win the division, even with the losing record. Last year, he loses its starting quarterback the first half of the first game, right? So automatically it's like, ugh, what are you going to do? And obviously things were not great, particularly on the defense, but, you know, kind of get a little bit of a pass. But when he goes, he makes the all-in move here on Carson Wentz, tells us he has no worries about this guy. Okay, well now there is a little more. Okay, let's see what you can do. You can't just you can't just go year three and be like no big deal. Even though he's tried to temper expectations by saying there's a constant three year plan, and you're like, uh, you can't always have a three year plan. I mean, or or you can have one, but at some point the third year has to come into play. It can't always be the first year of the three year plan. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> the bit. eternal first year. <laughs> right, it's a good bit if you can if you can do it. Um, so I'm I'm I mean I'm I'm with you. I do think. This is a year where, for the first time, at least under Rivera, where the winning act, I mean, it always matters, but I think it really does matter this year. You mentioned some of the off the field stuff, and I do think, and we're not, we didn't really completely mention the Dan Snyder aspect, but that's kind of what you're alluding to. Um, so I'm with you. I do think there's a lot there. Um, I've I, I talked about this with Kevin Sheehan, like who has the most pressure on them this season. It's a fun sort of rankings list here. I think number one of that question is Rivera. Number two is interesting. Is it Carson Wentz? I think Chase Young is arguably the answer because it was so disappointing last year. And, you know, we'll see where he is physically with the injury. Um, I, I guess I would go Carson Wentz too, though, ultimately then Chase Young. What would do uh, you have anybody else you would add to the pressure rankings or, or is that a, a reasonable order? 
man, it, it's such a different, it, I'll weigh in on this person because such a different thing for Carson and Chase. So for Carson somehow parachuted into a pretty good situation for his make or break year. And it's justifiably a make or break year. And it's a make or break year of his making in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, obviously you uncertainly add in that's a one-year contract. They can cut him after the year, ton of pressure on him, obviously, but he's in a good situation. I, I agree with you. This is a big year for Chase Young. I am nervous about any player entering a make or break year after major knee surgery and, and potentially missing a large chunk of training camp. That that's a scary spot to be all in out of. And, you know, I, I last year at this time, uh, we, you know, I was, I was doing one of these and I said, well, there's no way the Bengals win because Joe Burrow's coming off an ACL and, you know, you need some time to get back from that. And that, that was a freezing cold take that did not age well. So it's certainly possible guys bounce back from the ACL and have good years, but a lot of guys come back from the ACL and have decent years and, and have years where they're really struggling to put it back together again. That's possible for Chase Young. And man, it, it, it's unfortunate that he's got such a big season coming on, you know, such a big thing. I, I would toss Jack Del Rio really high on that list just because of how poorly the defense played early last year. Um, I don't think. Jack's hot seat standing has anything to do with his political comments. That might be overly naive of me. I think it has much more to do with the fact that this defense underachieved last year. If they come out underachieving against a soft schedule in the first month of the season, I think questions are going to be asked about him. And I, I think they'll be very fair. And I think they'll have nothing to do with politics. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, I'm not saying we're past the topic per se, but I think we are to, to a degree past and that it is the focus will be on the actual defense i mean that's what's one of the things that every time i have a conversation about this team it's so funny that like it feels like more people myself included are more worried about the defense than the offense which yeah. is such a bizarre world imagine imagine if we had this exact same conversation a year ago and it's saying hey one year from now well it'll be that way you and i'd have been like what are you talking about the defense has all these talented players in the offense i mean you know what, what, what are we talking about here? There's no, there's no clear answer at quarterback. Um, you know, th- th- there's not tons of weapons and, and, and there are more weapons and there's, you know, we can't say Carlson Wentz is a clear answer at quarterback, but like you said, when he's right, he's actually a pretty good player. And, and, and that's something they haven't had at that spot in a minute. Can I get on my yellow legal pad again? Is Go this the best, is this the best offense in football that doesn't have the quarterback position solved? Oh boy. Um, I'm trying to think what other, what other offenses. I mean, like, I guess like I'm looking thinking like Carolina, right. You got McCaffrey, you got DJ yep. Moore. Absolutely. Um, um, you know, and, and then obviously they've got a lot of questions there. Uh, I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly one of them. Um, I mean, it's certainly one of them. I, I think, um, and I'll have something going up this week about uh, Scott Turner. Uh, but like, I think that this is a lot of, it's not as much pressure for the other, as we said on like that list, but like there's some on Scott Turner as well, because for the first time since he's been here, he has what you would consider to be a viable NFL starting quarterback. And I think he's done a pretty reasonable job, all things considered, but at the same time, low expectations when you're having inexperienced quarterbacks or quarterbacks playing on one leg, you know, or, or undersized quarterbacks. This is the guy who proto- who has the prototypical talent that you want, who obviously is coming off, a couple of uh, rough situations. So it's a lot of pressure, I think, on Scott Turner to figure out 
what to what to do here. But let me ask you this. Let's, let's try to be optimistic. You are a, a perennially uh, optimistic, positive, smiley guy, laughy guy. So true. So yeah. true. What, what are you what are you excited about? for this team like what's what's the thing going into camp where you're like wow you know what i really am excited to see this or i really believe that this is what this is the strength of this team what's that thing for you at this point man i think they have two so i'm excited about the skill positions um you know just break this down so they they got two legit running backs um you know gibson robinson and, and beyond that I think Curtis Samuel, if healthy, is also a legitimate running back option. I've always scored him that way. He's a guy who can take the ball in the backfield and do things with it. Um, this When Logan Thomas is healthy, uh, which will happen at some point, you know, I don't know if that's week one, but it'll happen at some point. You know, you're looking at a lineup of McLaurin, um, Dotson, uh, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson. That's good. That excites me. Like, and – Will Curtis Samuel get hurt after two weeks? Yeah, of course. It's what he does. Like, you know, how, how could you possibly guess anything other than that? Um, yeah, I'd say that he seems like a very nice guy. Is is not personal or anything. You just, you have, this, I love Deshaun Jackson too. Um, you know, as well, like, I, I think everybody assumes Deshaun Jackson has this like contentious relationship with the media. I, I loved interacting with that guy on a weekly basis. Also, he got hurt a lot. Like uh, Brian Rackbo, another guy. I, I thought Brian Rackbo is a very pleasant human being he got hurt a lot. It, it happens. Um, shoot. We can tee up Robert for this too. Like he, he didn't have a body that was built to do what he was supposed to do on the football field. Um, it happens to guys. It doesn't make them less of a good person. It's just, it's just a thing you got to account for. Um, but the, the skill position lineup is loaded. Um, I think this defensive line puts it together and has a good season. Um, I'm a big believer in, regression to the mean and and they were worse than they should have been last year and i i just i don't see so there's two possibilities there if you're worse than expected one is that the players aren't as good as you thought they were and the schemes aren't as good as you thought they were and the team's just bad and and you misplace expectations the other is you had a bad year i think they had a bad year i think they're bouncing back this year i think they're going to be a fun unit to watch um and you know, I, we got Joey Sly, like the most muscular kicker in football, Ben. The cheese snapping to the Sly. It's, it's you know, Tress Way. I, I think that that's a potent trio on special teams. Uh, you know, just some good characters there. The cheese, the, the muscle, and, and Tress Way is obviously his, his own, you know, self-sustaining bit. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of fun out there to be had. Uh, yeah, and I, don't, and I don't think you even mentioned J.D. McKissick, Jahan Dodson. Um, you know, I mean, they, they, they're they part of this as well. So, yeah, they're definitely Man, a, ton of, a ton of weapons. I'm, I'm skeptical on McKissick. It was a it was a big injury. Uh, it was a tough injury. And especially if Bates is the starter to start the year, which I don't think is unthinkable, uh, you have less of a need for a blocking guy because you've already got a blocking guy in there. So I'm, I'm skeptical on, on a J.D. McKissick fantasy football play. Uh, still love him as a dude, though. Well, what I'm skeptical about there is, I think that the Brian Robinson pick says a lot about what they think they need to do. That four game winning streak last yeah. year, ball control was the key, but they can't. And Gibson was really good in that stretch, but you know, he's not through two years shown that he has the ability to be relied upon from an injury standpoint. Let's just say the fumbles aren't as bad as they were last year, but obviously it was a problem. Robinson gives them that between the tackle steady element to help throughout the game, you know, control the clock and had it, but you can't take Gibson off the field. 
he needs to play. He was a former receiver, so it just feels to me like McKissick's going to get squeezed a bit. And you mentioned Curtis Samuel. He also does get some work out of the backfield. You're right. So I am worried about McKissick's playing time, but at the same point, you know, obviously there was a big hullabaloo about him coming back and, and they wanted him and this, that, and the other. So um, we'll see about that. But by the way, here's a sign of how much the talent has been upgraded or the, or the perception of the talent's been upgraded. You just mentioned Tressway. And for a couple of years run, when we would say who's the best player or the MVP of this team, right, to some degree, yes. Tressway would get a mention and not in a jokey way. Like in yes. a, yeah, like this guy, like that's that, that that's kind of what saves them is his ability to swing field position. And he's, that's still, he's still really good at that. But it they do have some other guys who actually can play or, or we think can play. And, and so the fact that with the punter is not mentioned as like the MVP of the team, I think is a good thing. It's it's always a good thing when the punter is not mentioned as a potential MVP of the team. You and I, you and I see eye to eye on Robinson. I, I think fans are going to love him right away and, and what he brings to the table. And I, I think I think he is the key to unlocking what they want to do here. Um, is there like a uh, you know we're talking a little bit more about some of the upper end guys who who are going to stand out? Is there like a a low key guy that you're kind of intrigued to see uh, show up and? see what they can do, take a step up, uh, come back, you know, rebound in some way or, or anything along those lines? Yeah, you know, let, let me tee up St. Jou as my first pick there because I, I think in the modern NFL, everybody understands you need three cornerbacks, and I think he's their third best cornerback. Um, I think he'll get a lot of time, a lot of opportunities. I don't know what that will translate to. Um, I know you've written 20,000 words on the guy, so you're maybe more qualified to, to weigh on on this than I am. But, um, you know, he, he's certainly a guy who will be well-positioned to take a leap uh, if he does. Kalik Hudson is a guy who I've, I've, I've come to bat for at training camp two years in a row. I'm not doing it this year, uh, which means obviously he'll have his breakout year this year now that, now that I've thrown in the towel on that. Um, yeah, I wrote about Antonio Gandy-Golden yesterday. I think the tight end room is, is really unsettled. Uh, I, I think there's room for somebody to stick their nose in there, and make a couple of plays. I don't know that he's the guy to do it, um, but I, I think we'll hear about somebody, uh, you know, Curtis Hodges, uh, somebody, you know, making plays in that tight end room and, and, and rising up the depth chart as camp goes on. Could be anybody uh, at that point, um, you know, and I, I think Sam Cosme, uh, as you know, I got in a, a media room argument last year that I believe Sam Cosme was this team's rookie of the year last year and not John Bates. Um, I do understand why I'm wrong, um, but I still believe it deep in my gut and in my heart. Um, and, and so I think Sam Cosme with a full off season, uh, I think he's got the potential to be very good. Um, I think that's a reasonable take. I, I think Sam Cosme is huge on this offensive line from the standpoint of, you know, Who's the, who's the guy with the upside? Like we, you know, they have a solid group, but like at some point you'd like an anchor somewhere and all the other pieces are kind of guys who have been veterans and kind of know what they are, which is totally reasonable, but not, you know, who's, who's the guy you're kind of really banking on being, being an upside play over the, over time. I think he's the only shot. I mean, I'm sort of moved on from Sadiq Charles is that kind of a guy uh, until, um, you know, until there's a reason to to think otherwise. So um, I'm with you on, on, on the, on that front. Um, yeah, I think St. Juice is, is a good one for sure. Um, th- th- I guess this is, by, by, by the way, I'll, I'll toss one more name out since we're tossing names out. James Smith Williams is a guy I'm down on making the second year leap. I, I just haven't seen 
him having that NFL gear yet. Um, I hope he proves me wrong because especially, you know, if Chase Young can't play 100% of the snaps out of the gate, you know, he'll be a crucial piece to this puzzle. Um, but I'm, I'm not seeing him really seizing that that role there so far. Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny. I was gonna, I was gonna mention him in a second, but like, he's like a, he seems like a totally reasonable, solid guy that's being thrust into a much larger role than um, you would think he has. Um, but you know, I mean, it's so weird. Their their, their whole backup defensive line, other than Fidari and Mathis, is just guys who I picked in like the sixth, seventh round were off the street free agents, and for a group that likes to rotate a lot, you have Chase Young coming off a significant injury. It you know it does feel like it's it's a little light um, in those in those spots, but they've got some lottery tickets. Um, I guess I guess we'll see about that. Um, l- oh, hang me- on, I got one, I got one more name for you, Shaka Tony. I like Shaka Tony. I like his name. It's a, good, it's a fun name. <laughs> get, get the legal pad out. Write that down. That's some good workshopping right there in the standing room. Yeah, yeah. No, he's an interesting player, but like he's got a good, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun name to, to say. Like, you know, if I had to pick, you know, that would, that would be a good bet. If you had to pick, if you had to take somebody else's name from the team to be your own, whose would you pick? Like Shaka Tony uh-huh. could be, would be in the mix. Obviously, I would be Cameron Cheeseman, but carry on. Oh, well, yeah. But. <laughs> But <laughs> without, without, without question, you would be uh, you would be you would be that guy. Um, l- let me ask you this. Uh, let's go the other way. I was asking for some optimistic ones. Let, let, we'll call this one the Juan Soto uh, no charter player. Who Who is the player by the end of the year? The, the team is not putting on the charter plane. They're making him fly commercial back home. I'm not saying like like they don't like the guy, but just, you know, somebody who's sort of going to have a down year. I, that, that Soto thing is hilarious, by the way. That the Nats made him fly commercial. What well, that's that's so funny. Uh um well who who's the player you're more concerned about this year? You mentioned James Smith Williams um a second ago. A- anybody that kind of stands out in that regard, or maybe it's not like you think it's be that bad, but just like, you know, I need to see it. I'm I think Deron Payne will be really good, but man, if that isn't a volatile mix there. So so lining up next to Deron Payne are the guy who punched him in the face on national TV last year, or, you know, not, not punched him, but whatever he did, it face washed him on TV last year. And the guy who's been drafted to take his place because the team isn't going to give him a contract. So that's, that's a volatile mix right there. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't love that setup from a personnel standpoint. He's a pro though. I, I don't doubt that he's going to go out there and ball guys. I've always thought he's a really, really good football player. Um, look, Jamin Davis, it's a trendy pick, but I mean, it wasn't good last year and it, it's, it's tough. It, it, you know, it, it's tough with a first round draft pick. You don't get the leeway. And he was a guy who um, forgive the comparison to Dwayne Haskins, but they were both first round picks who the experts agreed needed some seasoning time and did not receive that seasoning time. Um, so can he overcome that? and come back this year ready to run up the hill. I certainly hope so. Um, and look, Troy Apke is still on the roster, so we, we can't – I mean, I'm putting Troy Apke on, on Spirit Airlines, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not paying for a checked bag. I, I just – I don't understand it, Ben. I, I never will. <laughs> um, Spirit Airlines. Um yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's funny. I actually think Duran's going to have a pretty good year. I mean, I think the motivation of the non-contract, you know, you hate to say that like the money is the driving factor for for these things, but obviously, I think 
it kind of is. What's also interesting is just to the degree. By the of, way, I, I I don't mind saying that if you told me that if I did good work this year, I could make sixty million dollars next year. Uh, I I'd put it. I'd do some good work. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it's interesting. Like, if you look at his numbers, he had he had career highs in a bunch of different things, like quarterback pressures. Um, I, I think tackles. But I, I was looking at Football Outsiders preview, and they were saying it like they thought he had a, a down year, at least I guess based on on their metrics. So it is interesting, you know, to sort of view like where is he? I think that's one of the things that's confusing. What he does is a lot more subtle than say like what John Allen does, getting the sacks, and and therefore it's easy to say, oh, John Allen had a great year. When I'm not saying he didn't, I'm just saying like it's a little more obvious. And Duran's always more, more subtle. And now you have this narrative of, or not narrative, but like they're probably not going to extend him. There's a lot of circumstances there that got all the defensive line picks. And does that factor into like how they actually view him? I don't know that it does, but it is part of that line of like, how, what is he actually worth? I think that's one of the questions that just still kind of lingers out there. It's, it's a very big, so, you know, I, I don't think we have a lot of big questions that will get answered during training camp. Um, but I, that's one that's certainly on the board. I, I would agree with you there for sure. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to say the least. I, I, um, I think I'm just excited to get out there for nothing else just to, um, hopefully find some do- new stories. I, I feel like I keep talking about the same stuff over and over again here. I even reached out to a few fans. I know I was like, what are the things I'm not talking about? What are the things that you, the media is not discussing? What do you want to hear from? And then they just regurgitated all the same stuff that we, that we talk about Carson Wentz, Jamin Davis, things like that. So I really hope to get some new storylines uh, out there. Are you are you asking me what mine are? are you t- I'm waiting to hear what what are, what are the fans? What do the fans want? Well, no, the I'm saying the fans that I spoke to. I had a cough. I I cut myself off. So I was going to let you talk. Um, the, oh, okay. uh, no, no, no. I, no, I did not pick up on this. Good work. No, no, no. <laughs> All good. No, I'm just saying, like I didn't get at least in the in the few that I spoke with, they kind of just repeated some of the same storylines that we've all been discussing and and i guess that's the thing i maybe i'm looking for the 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 hidden story that doesn't exist i mean i guess to a degree like i mean it's not like we haven't discussed all the different positions you mentioned like tight ends for example i think the tight end room is really fun um i'm excited to see what happens obviously you need logan thomas back but you've got these other random parts um you know the cole turner a fifth round pick samus reyes is still here he didn't participate at all of course in the otas and minicamp with it with some leg discomfort. You mentioned Gandy Golden. There's this kid, Curtis Hodges, who is an undrafted free agent that I know Logan Paulson was a big fan of. That'll be a really fun room. I guess I just don't feel like, for me personally, like I, I'm not feeling like the extra like uh, passion about it. And, you know, like for me, like I like doing the 53-player projections. I know not everybody in the media does. I like those kinds of things. I like thinking about the end of the roster, even if these guys are – it's not that important. I, that's how my brain kind of is wired. And yet this year – Sort of like I was saying at the top, I think there's just so many other things happening to distract from worrying about relatively minor points like who's going to be the ninth defensive back or something like that. You know, that is, that I am hopeful to get back out there and have those have those kind of conversations, have those um, ideas kind of spark in my head. Who's the undrafted free agent that 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 steps up, you know, like that um, Mark and Michelle kid. He was making a lot of plays in camp earlier in camp is that a real thing does he actually have a chance to make this team uh you know who who you know who are those kinds of 
players. And by the way, will they ever actually add anybody, a veteran linebacker at some point? I, I, I would have lost that bet 50 times over. So yeah. um, I am curious. That, that's what I'm hoping, hoping for, hoping that the, a few things sort of spark my interest out there in ways that are not happening right now. I think there's a limited number of things this team will do over the next month that will land it on first take or on sports center. Um, and I don't know that I'm immensely bothered by that. I'm, I'm okay with a, with a boring training camp, a boring team in a 10 and seven record. I, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of aspirational after the last few years around here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bor- boring, boring team that turns in a six and 11 record. Oh boy. That, that'll, you know, that, that would be good. I, I, can, I, I think I'm writing down 10 on my prediction card, though. It's an easy schedule. It's a better roster. Once is very clearly an upgrade from Heineke. I, I just I, look, I, I think this is a team that was purpose built to make to win the wild card. And I don't see any reason they can't achieve that. Well, I was going to ask you at this point before training camp start like what's your record prediction and I was going to say this for both of us like you can't pick eight nine or nine and eight that's like the two easy one you got to pick you know 10 10 wins or six wins kind of kind of deal so it sounds like you're in for the you're in for the 10 I think if if I got if I made it 10 or six like sort of that I know I know that's not 10 10 or seven 10 or seven well no but I was saying I was like seven still feels like a cop-out because that's where they've been the last two years so no, I was, seven, seven, seven's not a cop out with this team. Seven is a seven is a bad season for this team. Like if they finish seven and ten, uh, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be calling that neutral. Like if they finish eight and nine and Wentz missed eight games, there's there's a storyline there of like they were good enough, but but Wentz couldn't stay healthy for them. Like, but it I, there's no explaining away seven and ten. Seven and ten was flat, not good enough with this roster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm with you. If you made me pick them between ten and and seven, oh boy. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I guess I would go with t- the ten because you mentioned the schedule. There are upgrades. I mean, look, they did win seven games last year, and not just the quarterback. They had a ton of issues, you know, injuries and otherwise all, all, all over the place. Um, I, 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 I wish Carson Wentz had left a little better taste for me in my mouth at the end of during mini camp than he did he was that's when he i thought he was at his if i say his worst i mean it's all relative to what the no, time I, of the year. I get what you're saying but yeah i mean th- like that's the big question for me is like what you know what version are we going to get i i you know no matter who i talk to around the league about him no it some people are not fans and some people are willing to see the the, the hope but i don't think anybody can sit here and say oh yeah don't you know this way or that way this is what's going to happen um and that's why it's going to be so interesting to uh to say the least um any other uh so i guess fans will be allowed out there though to some degree right there's not a i don't know how many what do we know is there a number of them that are out there or is it just a handful i have i have not i've not heard a number you know just the parking situation alone they really can't accommodate you know yeah a lot a lot of fans I, i think it'll be a limited number yeah yeah no for sure i mean there is not i mean i and i get that some are upset about that but i mean yeah like you said it's just there's not much you can do about it unless you had some sort of like park over, you know, some other part of the, of the area and then shuttle bust them over. But oh, um, oh, you're saying maybe like a comprehensive facility in Dumfries could be good. Uh, I see what you're saying. All right. Oh, oh my God. I can't even, uh, you know, what? We, 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 oh, you know what? I forgot about that. That was like one of the other big distractions, of course, that we had this offseason. Yeah, no, I, I don't need that 
put put that to bed for for now. We'll, we'll make that a 2023 topic. I don't want to have the stadium uh, talk all right. again. All right. Here's the question for you: Will they have their own heated benches brought in at any point this season? Great question. Exactly what I expect from you. Uh, I'm going to say no. I think we learned that. I actually, it's funny. I was going to say to you. Let's make a prediction, and I don't have a good answer right now. What's the wacky bit this year that that happens? Like, there's you mentioned the heated benches. There was the whole smoke situation that you were uh, all over at the beginning <laughs> of the year. The uh, coming out of the, the coming out of the machine. tunnel, yeah, the smoke machine coming out of the tunnel. Um, uh, you know, I guess I, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put yeah, I'll put one on the board for you. They are switching beer vendors this year. Bud Light has discontinued their sponsorship, so so it'll be a different beer vendor this year. Uh, and and I don't know, maybe somebody's already had the scoop on this. What it'll be? I think I think the consensus is it'll be Miller Light, just because they're the other major brand. But I haven't seen anything. Um, just feels like there's high potential for botchage there, uh, switching over beer vendors inside FedEx Field. Meaning like what? They can't get the keg the kegs tapped properly. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's always look if you had said to me a month ago that they're going to wildly botch the rollout of the 90 greatest redskins i would have said that's not possible ben it's not a spontaneous thing they've been planning it for months and yet here we are i mean i was on vacation when that happened and like i was like you gotta be kidding me with this this is just but not even so much the trent williams part even though that was like the but the misspellings come on Look, Trent Williams was petty, but but to to have misspellings and bad information is flat insulting to the fans. It's insulting. I I I, I was on vacation too, so I didn't write about it. I'm going to write about it at some point. It got me legitimately angry because it, it, it you know I, I don't know. It just it makes me mad when something that easy gets botched that badly because it says to me. They don't care about the product. And this is, so there's a bigger thing here too. We're like, you know, these are all business side people who are, you know, come to, come to fix the football team. This is the Rob Manfred thing too. Like, does Rob Manfred like baseball? I don't think he likes baseball. I don't think he does. No. Um, Do these people like or care about this franchise? And when something like that happens, I just, I question that. Like you, an apology is fine, but, what was conveyed there was we don't care. We understand this is a thing we have to do because we do it every 10 years, but what we really care about is fill in the blank business side initiative. Like it it just communicated. We don't like this. Right. Well, I I like this. I like this. I like talking about the greats. I like talking about who should make the 90 best team. I like it. So it personally offends me when they dislike it to the point that they don't spend any time on it. It bothered me. It bothered me, but that's all. I'm letting right. it go. No, no, and I'm with you. Look, and there's a difference between we all work somewhere and you have, hopefully, you you like where you work and you have a connection to that place and you are, are invested in making this thing work. But there's a difference between like that and like the emotional connection the way that fans have for, for these teams. And it, it can't just be by rote. Like you need to like be invested in this. And I think one of the, you know, downsides, maybe the only downside of, of the of the overall uh, personnel uh, shift out of there from the bad apples uh, and others to um, where they are now is this didn't have a lot of people who maybe were invested in the organization on that emotional level beyond their employer, that, that that's where they work. And yeah, I mean, and like, you know, we talk about things like, you know, the, the Sean Taylor rollout, obviously is sort of a, a, a big example 
of this, newbies would not appreciate what he means to the fan base the way that anybody who's been around this team for, you know, a few years would, right? And it's just, that is an example of that. And I'm with you. And look, I don't want to hear about the intern, some intern screwing this up. You know, you, the intern probably doesn't have access to, to post something straight to the online. So even if there is an intern that screwed it up, somebody should be looking at this thing. But if you don't know how Joe Lavender, if you don't know who Joe Lavender was, you may not think his name is misspelled, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. Well, look, Michael, as always, a great job. Um, I will see you in a few days out in, in Ashburn. We'll get this party started again. Uh, bring your suntan lotion if you, if you choose to wear any. It's going to be, I, I haven't looked at the weather, but I imagine it'll be. Uh, it's hot. It's going to, it's all, it's always hot and swampy down there. Um, it, it's always, you know, they, they crank it up that first week. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I will be prepared. Um, I will bring my A game on Tuesday to conditioning day, make sure I pass the test, get to be in the beat room this year. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, no chance I'm passing a conditioning test, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hope for the best. Um, at Michael P RTD on Twitter, read him in the Richmond times dispatch. Always a great read and a great listen. Dude, I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Good stuff, Ben.